Hi, I'm Kara. Welcome to the Today I Am Enough podcast, where together we learn how to embrace imperfection and the messes that life leaves behind and overcome our shortcomings. Together, we will begin to not only see, but to feel who we truly are and who God created us to be. Let's talk. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Today I Am Enough podcast. We are still doing the series Seeking Jesus, and we are talking about the creation today. And I am so excited to start diving into Eve. Um, she is an incredible woman, and I think she is her story is often misunderstood. And next week I actually have a special guest. Her name is Melinda Brown. And she has written a book all about Eve. It's called Eve and Adam, and it's amazing. So I'm excited to share that with you next week. This week, we are going to start with the creation and it's exciting. It's so exciting. So we are reading in Genesis one and two, Moses two and three and Abraham four through five. And if you don't know Moses and Abraham, if you're not familiar with them, I have it linked in the show notes. So all three of these accounts have the creation and the wording varies overall there. They all cover the same, the same stuff. So I am using uh, the old Testament study guide. I talked about this last week. It is such a good book and super helpful. I, I love it. It's got um, like notes and all sorts of uh, thoughts and quotes and things that can help us understand better. So I'm actually going to be using this a few times today. And I want to start off reading a quote by um, Elder Bruce R. McConkie. He said, our analysis properly begins with the frank recital that our knowledge about the creation is limited. We do not know the how and why and when of all things. Our finite limitations are such that we could not comprehend them if they were revealed to us in all their glory, fullness, and perfection. So I think that's important. (laughs) I wanted to start off with that today because I think it's important. Like we don't know everything and we're not going to be able to know everything and it's okay. And sometimes we just have to do what we can to comprehend what we can and accept what we maybe can't understand or don't have the answers to because we wouldn't even understand if we had the answers to them. So in the come follow me manual, just at the very first page of this week's uh, lesson, it says one thing the creation story teaches us is that God can make something magnificent out of something unorganized. I think that is so beautiful. I love it so much. And there's a talk by Elder Uchtdorf called happiness, your heritage, and it is linked in the show notes and it is an amazing talk. It's how it talks about creation and how we all have that within us. So when we're going to talk about it in a little more detail, but that, that quote, that's what it reminds me of is, um, like some, something magnificent can be made out of something unorganized. And that's just not God's ability. It's our ability as well, because he created us. So we have that within us. Sometimes we look at the things we're being asked to walk through and they just don't make any sense to us. They're difficult and the road ahead seems like it's dark and we just have to walk full of faith and that's all we can do. But our unorganized lives are being organized by 
a mirac in a miraculous manner by God. Our lives are messy and <laughs> they sometimes don't make any sense. But I think we have to remember that our path sometimes is sometimes our path has inter, an intervention by God, if you will, where we are able, the direction in our life changes and in an unanticipated way. And sometimes that comes from health or sometimes um, like physical or mental health, or it can come from choices that either you make or someone else makes that affects your life or um, in, I don't know, just in so many ways, right? Like there's so many trials that we can all experience, but sometimes I have, I think it's important to remember that those things that seem so unorganized in our lives, when life seems just chaotic all around us, sometimes that chaos is actually in the midst of being organized into something magnificent. He knows us and he is helping us and guiding us and walking beside us as we go along. So as we read through these accounts this week, we're being taught about the order of the creation and the order in which things came, but also that it was done in an orderly manner, right? Like the creation wasn't just happenstance. It was very orderly and things came in a certain orders before other things. Um, in where did I put it <laughs> in the old Testament study guide? There is a quote from president Nelson. Okay. So in Abraham uses the word time instead of day when he's talking about the creation and president Nelson said the physical creation itself was staged through order periods of time in Genesis and Moses. Those periods are called days, but the book of Abraham, each period is referred to as a time, whether termed a day, a time, or an age, each phase has a period between two identifiable events, a division of eternity. And I just love that, like that sometimes the terminology, the differences in terminology, sometimes it just doesn't matter because overall they mean, they mean the same thing. Um, so at the end of each day in all three accounts, God always says it was good or it is good. And the creation wasn't done after the first or second or even third day, right? There were still several more days to come, several other things to create, but still in the middle, it was good. The unfinished creation was still good. The very last day is when God says it was very good. It is very good. And that is important to remember in our own lives as we go about our day creating different things and we create every day in some form. But as we go throughout our day, it's so important to notice the good things we're creating. Notice that even if they're not complete or even living up to the standards that we think they should, it can still be good. So the last quote I want to read from this book is from, um, from the Latter-day Saint commentary on the Old Testament. It just says, in both Hebrew and English, words meaning good are used to describe that which functions properly, constructively, harmoniously. In contrast, words meaning bad or evil cannot connote that which functions improperly, destructively, 
disharmoniously or disruptive. God, good is repeated in verses 10, 12, 18, 21, and 25, evaluating each phase of the creation. Then in verse 31, very good describes the whole creation. So functioning properly, constructively, harmoniously are all other words that can be used instead of good. So when it's very good, it's, it's more complete, right? And I just think that's a beautiful reminder in our own lives that we, we need to see the good in our creation and the things that we are doing, because sometimes it's hard to find the good, but it's there and it's beautiful. Even if it's not perfect, even if it's not complete. Okay. So I have this book, it's called walking with the women of the old Testament. And it is written by Hannah Farrell and she has one for the book of Mormon and the new Testament. And it's a beautiful book. I've kind of fallen in love with it. And it's going to be such a helpful source to me as we go through this year, studying the women of the old Testament. And I just wanted to read, um, a little bit of what she says about the creation of of Eve. She says, scripture give two accounts of Eve's creation. The first one is on the sixth day of creation. When God made man in his own image, male and female created he them. The name of God used here in the Hebrew word is the Hebrew word Elohim. The I am ending in Hebrew is a plural ending, like adding an S to the end of the word in English. So the name Elohim is plural. This makes sense considering Genesis 1:26 records that God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. For Latter-day Saints, it is easy to see how this scripture refers to both our heavenly father and our heavenly mother in whose image we are created. Um, and then she quotes Erastus Snow. He says, deity consists of man and woman. How do we know? I only repeat what he says of himself that he created man in the image of God, male and female created he them. There can be no God except he is composed of the man and woman united. And there is not in all the eternities that exist, nor ever will be a God any other way. And I just think that is beautiful. And I think it's a good reminder that, that there is not only a heavenly father, but there is a heavenly mother and Adam and Eve were created in their image. And I think it's beautiful. Okay. So the next thing that I do want to discuss is, um, Eve being created from Adam's rib and Hannah in her book has a footnote that, um, she just her expounding a little more. And I feel like it gives such beautiful insight. And I wanted to read that and I'll make sure to link this with the pages and everything says the only clue the scriptures give us about how Adam and Eve were really created is in the book of Moses. When God tells Adam that he was born into the world by water and blood and the spirit, which I have made. And so became of the dust of the living soul. This scripture seems to suggest that Adam and presumably also Eve were born in the world in the same manner that all humans have been born. How that exactly happened we have no idea in view of this, we should take the creation of Adam and Eve from the dust of the earth and from Adam's rib to be rich in symbolism. So I just thought that was 
just kind of like a good, <laughs> good insight and information. Um, and she also even talks about the symbolism of Adam's, of using Adam's rib. Um, Elder Nelson at the time said, I presume another bone could have been used, but the rib coming as it does from the side seems to denote partnership. The rib signifies neither domination nor subservience, but a lateral relationship as partners to work and to live side by side. So this was showing using the rib shows that this is a mutual relationship. It's not someone that's dominant over someone else. And I think both of those insights are just so telling because it seems kind of, kind of strange to think about that being something literal, but when you think about it as symbolism of being equal partners in a relationship, that makes so much more sense. So we're going to move on to the seventh day and in the seventh day, God blessed the day and it was sanctified. So this is what we use as our Sabbath day, the seventh day. So what are we doing to bless and sanctify our Sabbath day? And maybe that's just something you can think about as you go out throughout this week. And as you read this, uh, Sunday can be a really hard day, especially as a parent, if you have a busy calling or anything like that, Sunday cannot always seem like a day of rest <laughs> and it doesn't always seem like a peaceful day and it can be really difficult. And so I think when we just try and find something in our day where we can use it to keep the Sabbath day and to, to allow it to bless and sanctify our family, we will be blessed. And I think it's important to remember, like your best is enough. <laughs> you don't have to do all these fancy things and do all these things. Like just do your best, maybe pray this week to know how you can bless and sanctify the Sabbath a little bit more, just, you know, step-by-step. That's all we need to do. Be gracious with yourself as you're going through it and trying is what counts your efforts. So I wanted to end with a quote from that beautiful talk by Elder Uchtdorf I mentioned earlier called happiness, your heritage. He says, my dear sisters, I have a simple faith. I believe that as you are faithful and diligent in keeping the commandments of God, as you draw closer to him in faith hope, and charity, things will work together for your good. I believe that as you immerse yourself in the work of our father, as you create beauty, and as you are compassionate to others, God will encircle you in the arms of his love. Discouragement, inadequacy, and weariness will give way to a life of meaning, grace, and fulfillment. As a spirit, as spirit daughters of our heavenly father, happiness is your heritage. You are choice daughters of our heavenly father. And through the things you create and by your compassionate service, you are a great power for good. You will make the world a better place. Lift up your chin, walk tall. God loves you. We love you and admire you. I hope you take that last little bit of his talk, especially to heart. You will make the world a better place. Lift up your chin, walk tall. God loves you. Remember, today you are enough. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you're willing to help me out and you love today's episode, please share it with a friend. Leaving a review is actually extremely helpful as well and allows other people to find the podcast. So if you are enjoying listening, please leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, today you are enough.